Good morning on this Friday morning. Welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. The desire for wisdom and what wisdom does for one is immense. It's not worth losing it. For wisdom is a defense, even as money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom which preserves the life of those who have it. So we can't give anything in exchange for it. As far as, wow, okay, I got wisdom now. Now I can get rid of it and I can get and use something else. No, for whosoever will save his life will lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what shall a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? There is nothing. We need to desire and want wisdom. We need to desire and want truth. We need to desire and want God's knowledge or the knowledge of God in Christ Jesus of everything that he has provided for us as a Christian believer. We need instruction. We need excellent instruction. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, and that is exactly what the scripture said when we were reading in the book of Psalms. The scripture said <clears throat> that come, come and count, I counsel you, come and buy of me. You that have no money, come and buy, come and receive, uh, come and get. For there is nothing Nothing that can be exchanged, nothing that can be uh, compared to what wisdom or the excellency of wisdom provides for one. The excellent things of wisdom are that when it speaks at the opening of its lips, the things are going to be right, the things are going to be good, the things are going to be pure, they're going to be honest, they're going to be worth the value they're going to be worth what we need in our lives. Now, as we continue here in the scripture, and it continues to teach us, it says <clears throat> that we are to desire to have wisdom in our life and desire to listen to wisdom and obey it. And one of the things of desiring the word of God is that God says, come unto me. You that have no money. And the whole key being, of course, that God says, I will provide for you. If you don't have money and you're poor, uh, I will provide for you the things that you need. I will provide for you that which will satisfy the soul. There are certain things that the body goes through, that the body feels when it wants water. And just as it wants water, the human soul also wants God in its life. It wants wisdom. So desire the word of God. Desire it. It is said that when a newborn uh, babe in the ancient times was born, uh, especially among the Hebrew people, that they would take a little bit of what we would call... Uh, grape jelly, grape juice, or grape jam, and kind of on the top palate of the mouth of the little child, they would kind of like rub it in there so that it would 
kind of like desire and want something. Almost like <clears throat> creating a desire in it. Well, God creates a desire in us. He creates a desire in us for him. Just as the devil creates a desire for the things of this world, the things of Satan, for the things of this age, for the things that are passing, God creates a desire in us for him. It says in First uh, Peter uh, chapter 2, verse number 3, it says, After you have desired the sincere uh, milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Once you begin to taste on a daily, regular basis how good God is, you wake up in the morning excited, wanting to know, wanting to receive, wanting to spend time and waiting on God and seeking His Word on what good thing the Lord has prepared for you today. You will wake up singing, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, the day is going to go perfect. But it does mean that we have desired him and we have wanted him. And he is going to show us or bring us to the place where we have that thirst and that hunger for him. Jesus said it plainly in the Beatitudes of Matthew chapter 5. Is it blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness? When you seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, there's something that happens to the soul, something that happens to the spirit man, where he gets a chance to break free from simply the monotony of the things of this age and the things of this world, and to be able to taste of the things that are more excellent and more superior that is the things of the world of the kingdom of God. To experience it more deeply, more profoundly, and experience it in such a way that it is so real that it becomes more real than the natural world that we live in. Now, in John chapter 7, verse 37, Jesus said in that last day of the great feast, Jesus stood up and he cried, If any man thirst." Let him come unto me. Two requirements there right there. It says you have to come unto him and you have to drink. He can't force you to drink. You have to drink. He can't drag you there, but he makes an invitation if any man thirsts. So that's the first question you've got to answer in your life. Are you thirsty? Well, let's look at that simple little phrase there. Thirsty, according to one of the dictionaries, <clears throat> in a man spiritually, to thirst is to have uh, seven, seven qualities uh, answerable to those that are parallel to the man that is thirsty naturally. When you're thirsting naturally, there's an emptiness. There is a void. There is something that needs to be filled. That thirst that one has can be painful. There can be an exquisite sense of a painful, a painful sense. Uh, in the natural, as, as one thirsts, of course, 
one's tongue begins to get a little parched. Uh, you notice that your lips begin to dry a little bit. The back of the throat is so dry. It, th th there is a sense of pain when one thirsts. When one thirsts for God, there is a sense of pain. In other words, uh, I I can't live without God in my life. I can't live without His presence. I can't live without His Word. I can't live without His Spirit. Take not your spirit from me. There is a sense of pain. But there is also <clears throat> uh, a particular care or cares and thoughts that take place through the mind. Uh, all, the all the thoughts of a man uh, are of such a nature that I, I, I got to give me something to drink. And, and I'm not talking coffee or soda or, or, or tea, but it's, it's like, I, I need water. I need water in my life. I, you know, your, your, your thought of when you're thirsty are, are, are focused and narrowed down is, I, I need water. Well, are, are thoughts and focused spiritually also? I need God in my life. My condition is of such a nature that, you know, I'm a, I'm a sinner. Uh, I, I've come short of the glory of God. Uh, I, I, I need God in my life to rescue me out of the condition that I am in. And it can be any, any condition. It doesn't necessarily have to be sin. But whatever condition we're in, all of a sudden, our thoughts are focused on Him, on quenching that thirst in us to satisfy it. Now, remember the 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 invitation says, "Come, you that have no money, come and buy, and 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 drink, and 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 eat milk, and 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 uh, uh, eat bread." It, it it's an invitation. Well. For a person that is thirsty, like Jesus was sitting there at that well with that Samaritan woman, he, you know, she says, I, I give me this water so I don't thirst no more. And Jesus, when he had been talking with her, uh, tells her, if you knew who it is that talks to you, you would be asking him uh, for water instead of he asking you. So there are certain things that are going to run through your life. Now, another thing, uh, the more thirsty one gets, the more impatient one gets. One wants water. One will go to extremes. All we have to do is look at the Old Testament of Israel when they came out of the promised land. Or when, excuse me, when they came up out of Egypt, the scripture says the people thirsted. And the people were murmuring against Moses. And they said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle uh, with thirst? See, thirst does something to people. Also, thirst uh, can be a very uh, intense desire. In other words, that you're willing to, at any cost, uh, satisfy that thirst in the natural and in the spiritual, once again, we're doing this parallel. Uh, you'll wind up wanting to do the same thing. I'll die if I cannot satisfy and quench my thirst for God. And then, of course, you will begin that seeking and that searching, that endeavor to try to quench and satisfy that spiritual thirst, that longing. It's constantly, constantly playing 
on the physical body while just that longing is constantly playing on us. And the more that it does increase the thirst, the more that you recognize that nothing, nothing, nothing can satisfy it or put an end to it except God himself, or in this case, Jesus Christ. Now, when we stop and consider uh, the invitation that is given to us in the scripture, and, and we've read this before, we'll read it again. Oh, everyone that thirsts, come ye to the waters, and he that has no money, come ye and buy and eat. Yes, come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for that which is not bread, and you labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen, listen, hearken diligently unto me, and eat that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me and hear. See, God's invitation is to us, to our soul, to be satisfied and quenched only as He can do it in our lives. Now, Jesus gave the invitation and He said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and let him drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Life flows out of God. But life has to be flowing out of God in and through us. His life has got to be in us to flow out. It's not going to flow in. It's going to flow out. As we partake of the Spirit of God in our lives on a daily basis, life begins to flow as rivers of living water. And of course, the scripture says in John seven thirty nine, This spoke he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. But in Revelation at the end of the book, 22.17, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is thirsty come, and whosoever will, let him take of the waters of life freely. Well, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. Wisdom is available to us, just as the Lord Jesus himself has promised to give us all things that pertain to this life freely. Well, keep looking up. Our Redeemer and redemption draw near. Amen.